the Smash Daily Podcast. Weekdays 4 to 6 on 107.1, the Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. with you right here. It's coming on the quarter after five. I tell you what, this is the weather. People start thinking about going out and buying houses. And if it is that house buying time for you, you want to get with the people who, number one, know where to take you. And number one, know how to show you ahead of time where you might want to go. That's the website. I'm talking about Landmark Realty, Godfrey, Landmark.com. Almost had a smash senior moment there. GodfreyLandmark.com. And when you're seeing a house you might want to move into, you, listen, you make the deal. Well, you got to sell a house. You want to list with a leader. Sell your house with Landmark Realty. These guys have been in business here decades. They understand they're located in Godfrey. They know the whole, they, they know the whole river bend. All right? And like I said, if you go to uh, GodfreyLandmark.com, GodfreyLandmark.com, check it all out. See what they got available for you. You call. All of a sudden, you got yourself an appointment. You're at the house, whatever it might be. But if you want to jump on everybody, then sign up while you're there at GodfreyLandmark.com for the opportunity to get that inbox infusion of all the houses as they come up first time. Boom. As soon as they come up, you got them. So if you need to go see a house real, real quick because that's the house for me, then you, along with... Landmark Realty can jump at it and go. That's the house. Bravo. You got the beautiful. Bravo because these folks know the paperwork. You don't have to worry about the paperwork. All right. GodfreyLandmark.com because it is house buying and house selling time here in the Riverbend. And when you want to do that, you know you can count on Landmark Realty. This is my fight song. Take back my life. Fight song, fight song, fight song. That's what we all got is a fight song. When I think fight song, I think of Liesl Duhan. Liesl Duhan is a certified life coach. She's a St. Louis-based certified business and life coach. She specializes in empowering executives into identifying their purpose and meeting their potential. 
Yeah, buddy, let me get her number. I'm going to call her up here. Oh, this is a situation. This is the wildest thing because April is, I better say it right, so hold on. April is, I can't even believe they got this. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Anyway, let me give her a call. See what the deal is. I just think that's a wild title right there. But we should be aware that that does happen, and we need to put forth some sort of effort to make it not happen. So let me get Liesl's phone number. Because it just hit me. I think you know that's, that's an angle that we could touch on right now. So Liesl DeHaan, I've already introduced you before I even got you on the phone. How are you doing, youngster? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm cool. You know, when I saw this, I, I called Liesl. I said, would this be a good topic for us to discuss on the on the bit that we do here on WBGZ, he said, by all means, man, I tell you what, I was surprised that April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, okay? But, I mean, why why would somebody go with a title like that? It's supposed to be like, aren't titles supposed to be happy? But in reality, <laughs> I guess one of the ways to be happy is understand what is coming your way and know how to deal with it, and maybe we can help here with Liesl Duhan, who I told you is a certified business and life coach. She takes care of all kinds of people, executives especially. So this started up because I saw the headline. I was really taken aback because he always plays like he's a nice guy and everything. But here's the problem. It's an accusation. Knocked up, the movie, knocked up actress Charlene Yee calls James Franco a, quote-unquote, sexual predator. And she accuses Seth Rogen of enabling him. So, boom, you got two big names in Hollywood, and she's busting out on him. And now others are coming to the fore, and they're making these, quote-unquote, allegations. And I guess, really, the, the first thing you got to worry about, to me, is allegation. How do you get past the actuality of... This is just an allegation to the public until I can bring proof. And part of that proof is bringing my name and my face into it. How does that all play to this, Lisa? Well, I think it's pretty interesting. I've had to deal with this when I was a manager. Uh-huh. You know, and um, it is really important to make sure that you have all the facts and you hear both sides at all times. Mm-hmm. But take, but seriously, take it serious. Because, you know, as the Me Too movement happens, yeah. a lot of things that are coming out now you know, just with hush-hush in the past. It was right. like, okay, you know, I'm just going to put up with this because I really want this part. Or, you know, the, the power-hungry Harvey Weinstein or whoever it was who mm-hmm. had been alleged to do this to different people, um, you know, has taken advantage of other people who want roles. Mm-hmm. And in the past, people have just ignored it. But now, people, as people become more and more aware of what is right and wrong, it's always been wrong, but they yeah. were afraid to say something. That's right. Because the people in power whether that be a Hollywood producer or a boss or a supervisor, mm-hmm. has has so much power that the employee who it happened to is a scared to say anything for fear that they might lose their job yeah. or have retribution, right? So it's, it is actually quite brave to come out and say something. Yeah. Well, um, they, try, you know, so. they, they try to keep her quiet. <laughs> Listen to this. They try to keep her quiet. She <laughs> appeared in a, a movie, The Disaster Artist, I remember it. Uh, she said that she had tried to break her contract from that movie and leave the film because she, quote unquote, didn't feel safe working with an effing sexual predator. She said that uh, the people there at the movie, the producers, the directors, all that, they attempted to bribe me with a bigger acting role. 
So oftentimes situations become what we can also call hush-hush money, correct? Exactly. And I think that's really, probably that happened a lot in the past. Mm -hmm. I think at some point, you know, I think a lot of the momentum has been building up and it just, it actually started in Hollywood. Yeah. And then it kind of went spread all over the world. And even in Asia, I was reading about how they they have their own movements that Mm -hmm. are coming through. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's affecting us in the workplace. And this month is, you know, the awareness month. And Mm -hmm. it's actually a really good time to talk about it because what do you do if it happens to you or what do you do if you know how yeah. do you educate yourself right because things are no longer acceptable that used to be acceptable or at least yeah. hush hush yeah and well, so that's basically the issue there everyone you, kind of admits that hollywood is a little bit of a crazy place mm-hmm, right you know yeah. you were in the music industry you were in the biz mm-hmm. so to speak you know what it's like. These folks yeah. are not living in normal society. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> you know? let's throw it to the Midwest. We've got about six minutes here. Exactly. Let's throw it throw right. it to well, the let's, Midwest. Let's move to real life, yeah. right? Let's right talk on. about being in the real West, mm-hmm. in the real world, the Midwest. You know, I think there's, there's a lot of things that we can do to, like, protect ourselves, whether you're in the supervisory mode or if you're just a normal employee, you know, is just to be aware of what your rights are, really. Yeah. And what's, I mean... Some of it's common sense. Just treat everyone decently and and human. And, you know, the way I would frame it in a way is I would say, first of all, maybe try to get some education. Usually human resources does have some some employee training on this. And actually a lot of companies do require it. Right. And I know that I had to take it as a manager. And I was grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, let's say you're a person who's an employee and or a manager or on both on the managerial level, both on the employment level. And somebody, man or woman, comes on to you, and you know you better respond in a um, accepting way if you're going to uh, continue at this company, which you happen to enjoy working at. How do you play that whole deal without getting everybody, quote unquote, you know, panties in an uproar? Just let me put it that way. Well, I guess the question here is whether or not that person. I guess you're probably insinuating that the person is either a supervisor yeah. or a manager who wants to have. A relationship it, with you. It could be a fellow employee. It could be a fellow employee. Why not? It if could it's be... a fellow employee, it's a, it's a little bit less of a problem of power. Yeah, yeah right, right. It's because, power. you know, basically you don't have the power to fire that person, right? Good point. Um, but it could get very, it could get very awkward, yeah. you know, so you really think quite twice about it. Having said that, a lot of relationships do start in the workplace. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's just the way it is. That's, mm-hmm. You spend so much time in the workplace. You're mm-hmm. bound to find people of the similar interests. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it will lead to romance. And I've had several employees who have gotten married. Yeah. And that just happens, right? Yeah, yeah. But here's the deal. To me, sometimes, and I say this the wrong way, I'll say it the right way. Sometimes a man and or a woman will flirt with the other person. And the flirt is the magnetism that bros, you know, brings in this other person. This other person all of a sudden becomes aggressive sexually, mm. at least not only maybe physically, but also mind-wise. How do you play all that? Because you don't want to lose your job, your family's dependent on it, especially in the days of what we're experiencing, you know, two, at a minimum, two family incomes, and you be a man, uh, a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. You got to, you got to, you got to play this right. And at the same time, it's all wrong. Right. Well, what's surprising is I was looking up some statistics before we spoke. Yeah. And there was a study of in 2018 of 3,200 college-educated employees between the age of 21 and 65 mm-hmm. in full-time jobs. 35% have re- 
reported that they have been sexually harassed, and 13 percent of men. Yeah. So this isn't a little thing, actually. Yeah. It's quite a bit. And, you know, with the men, yeah, most of them are women who are harassing them. Mm -hmm. So this isn't just a female thing. This is also a male thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's very important that we learn that we keep our communication channels open. And, you know, I kind of I'm kind of of the belief that if you have a good relationship with someone, you'll be able to speak honestly if something is awkward or not right, because it could have been an honest mistake on the one hand, or it could have been something else. Right. So you always want to assume that it was an honest mistake, but call them out on it. Right. Yeah. And I would just say, hey, you know, that that makes me feel uncomfortable. I, you know, I really I like having you as a colleague, but, you know, that's probably crossing the line right there. Just put it in. Just tell them and see how they respond. So Liesl is a -hmm. life coach. Liesl has a website you might want to check out. Duhon, D-U-H-O-N, DuhonCoaches.com. Let me throw this one angle at you here before we wind it up. And that is people think when you say April is sexual assault awareness month, they're thinking assault is like a major physical blow to a person, or whether it be physically to the mind. But an assault can be something as timid as maybe you putting your hand on somebody's back, like uh, Cuomo got in big yes, trouble for. contact. Basically, yeah. I think the difference between it, harassment and assault yeah. is it's, it's, so harassment is generally like an unwanted sexual advance. And assault is actually unwanted sexual contact. Mm, okay. They're kind of broad terms. Yeah. Harassment could even be emails to stalking, mm-hmm. where assault ranges all the way from groping to rape. I mean, it's very broad. Right. So, you know, these terms aren't very clear. Well, to me, oftentimes, because I've seen it, oftentimes the worst aggressor, the worst assaulter is the one who doesn't and just plays the mind game because there's a big hit as far as the mind game aspect of this whole deal is concerned because if they're playing mind games on you and you can't play that mind game correctly, then you wind up a victim, do you not? Well, I think there is it, there is danger of being a victim, but mm-hmm. I think learning to be assertive yeah. and being able to practice with someone or even going to a, a friend, going to a supervisor, and just telling them upright, you know, I don't like what you've said. It, mm-hmm. it, it, uh, it makes me feel very uncomfortable. Please don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And you have to pr- – sometimes it takes practice to do that because it's not something that we're used to doing is being assertive, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it just – I think communi- clear communication is very important. And it, it gives that other person the chance to correct their behavior, yeah, right? Yeah. And if it doesn't correct, then you have to start documenting, I guess, because yeah, exactly. obviously they're not listening to what you want. Exactly. Well, it's like the song says, it's a touchy situation. It is. <laughs> it is a touchy situation, man. We can go on so much longer, but at least give people a little glimpse into how to handle it, angles to look at it, whatever the, uh, even if it's something other than April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And you see, my day, in my, because, in, well, in my day, if somebody was messing with my girl, my wife, my daughter, my girl, quote unquote, not girlfriend, but girlfriend. Uh, I don't say it's in, in in the wrong way, but we go there and beat his ass, Lisa. That's what we do. That's the way Jesus <laughs> yeah. was said. You can't do that well, no more. You can't do that no well, more. Well, anymore, I think it's better just to try to talk it out and try to be clear in communications. Mm, and, okay. you know, it's probably the best action. You know, mm. I know that was probably a way of solving problems in the past, but it can get you. You know how it can lead to other things. Oh, yeah, and, I know. Just get worse. <laughs> yeah, it gets worse. Not only uh, on the physical, the mental, but also on the lawsuit side. So you don't yes. want none of those hassles. Hey, just a little insight for you right there. Don't forget, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. Need more on Lisa Duhan, 
Duhon, D-U-H-O-N, DuhonCoaches.com. You are appreciated. Young lady, I thank you for being on Smash Daily here on WBGZ. Thanks. Take care, everyone. All right, see you. This is my fight song. Take back my life. I am where you's at on 1071 The Big Z Radio for the Riverbend. talking super soul sister here on smash daily wbgz we're talking to this young lady smart sister t and sister yeah. is spelled s-i-s-t-a-h that's the way you spell it right smart yeah sir. Oh, i love you hey, hey uh, i just want to present this to you and see what your take on this whole deal is because this is uh possibly the first domino to lead to the whole domino toppling is concerned so stick with this and I'm going to let this thing flow. I'm going to open it up with a song that kind of like led to this particular moment in time. I remember this when I was a kid. Mahalia, mm-hmm. Mahalia Jackson was like one of my favorite singers. And she sang this. I'm going to do about 30 seconds of it right here and see if uh, okay. you have any memories off this tea. Here we go. I used to love Mahalia Jackson, still do, of course. That is magnificent, magnificent. Now, this is a thing that I do here on Smash Daily called Experience Black. And this is, for the most part, for white folks uh, who need to understand the black experience. So we help you experience Mm -hmm. black through the the attitude and amplitude and capabilities (laughs) of one who has indeed studied it by being part of it. And that is Smart Sister T right here. So you're talking and me talking about reparations and maybe that song We Shall Overcome applies. A lot of people don't know. That's a song that's so identified with the black community through the decades, but it's written by a white dude. And that's, uh, come on, come on, come on, Pete Seeger. And yet he he was one of the freedom fighters that was accepted by the black community. And thus that song Mm -hmm. was able to stick and be an anthem 
of sorts, at least uh, in in my younger time. I don't know what the youngsters are listening to right now. They think they're still listening to I Like Big Butts, or what are they doing, these uh, youngsters? <laughs> No, that's been replaced. That's been replaced. Well, this is coming down. You and I talked about reparations, and black folks are looking for reparations. Mm -hmm. And uh, you really kind of like said it very, very interesting and and very interestingly well. And that is not because of what our ancestors did back in the 1800s coming off the slave ships, back in the 1800s helping to build this country through slavery— But it is because of the fact that now, at this particular point in time, we need these to cover for the infractions. We need these to cover for the wrongdoings because these folks stayed to it and still took that furrow and took it through and plowed it through the yard, through the the field to enable us to become I don't know if this is the right thing, but the America that we are today. Here, mm-hmm. here is what's coming down. I don't know if you heard about this, T. I just heard about it today. I said I'm going to call T, see if she could jump on here. And I'm just going to go ahead and play the news story. This comes out of Chicago. A Chicago yeah. suburb is the first city in the nation believed to offer financial reparations to black residents who suffered from decades of housing discrimination because of racist government policies. Many hope the historic program will pave the way for more reparations in other cities. But some are saying it's not enough. Jermont Terry with our Chicago station, WBBM, has more. Across Evanston, there's a push to right the wrong done by the city. Several decades ago, African Americans were redlined. Here's a look at where blacks could live in the city. People of color, such as myself and my dad, who grew up here in Evanston, just a couple blocks over, this is the area where they could live. Vanessa Johnson-McCoy is a realtor in Evanston. Years ago, that was not the opportunity that we just couldn't take them um, to anywhere. She recalls the challenges her parents faced in the 1950s and knows the obstacles blacks in Evanston endured looking for housing. The banks would not allow them to... They wouldn't give them money to buy outside of this area. It was very challenging. She's pleased to see Evanston correct the wrong through reparations. The city already approved $10 million over a decade to put towards reparations from the pot revenue. Now 400000 will be available to blacks whose families were impacted by the racist housing policy. Well, I say it's definitely a start. And I say, yes, we have to begin somewhere. What this plan is, is not reparations. Sebastian Knowles organized the Everson Rejects Racist Reparations Group. It supports reparations, yet the organization claims what the money can be used for places huge limitations. Residents are unable to use their funds for anything other than housing. Currently, less than 20 people will be eligible for the estimated $25,000. The money payments go towards home repairs, down payments, or mortgages. Everson rejects racist reparations, says there's no accountability for the next phase. You can't take a step forward without knowing what the second step is, and and we don't know what the second step is. Housing is just the first step, and there will be other parts of this initiative. I tell you what, the young man has a point, yet at the same time, he's pointless because you can take a first step without knowing the second step. The second step is often called a leap of faith, but that's just me going tit for tat on the young man there. Does this sound like the kind of reparations that 
you believe the black community is is looking for? No, absolutely not. Really? When you look at, uh, well, first of all, let's just get it straight. And it's only been six times in world history reparations have been made. Mm-hmm. It, the reparations means to repair and make whole. Uh-huh. Okay, so the Jewish people got it from Germany. Apartheid gave it to South Africans, some of them. Yeah, good point. Good okay, point. that's two. Four of the rest have been in the United States, all dealing Mm-hmm. with black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, some were given to the men from the Tuskegee yeah. experiment, and right. you know about that, yep. where mm-hmm. syphilis was given to men to see what effect it would have on their bodies. It lasted for 40 years. So that's one. Another time it was given because uh, black women were sterilized um, mm, that's right. by the thousands. That's like right. That's 65,000 right. folks. I remember. Um, you know, they were given another time for Rosewood. You saw the movie. I did. You know, where uh, yep. black people were killed and uh, their area, you know, turned down or mm-hmm. whatever. And then the other one was to Japanese Americans because of the internment during the war, when all their land was taken, all their everything was taken, and they were put in those camps. Now, people have the uh, audacity, or as we say, the caucasity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Explain onward then. Okay, I get it. <laughs> the caucasity to do you wrong and then turn around and tell you what you don't deserve, what you don't this. After yeah. the Civil War, uh, the slave owners were given money. They were given reparations mm-hmm. because of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, we sorry, we beat you, but oh, okay, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and since most of your slaves is leaving, here you go. You know, hello, somebody. Yeah. Well, That's my point. Everybody wants to have something to say when they haven't endured anything. And what happens, like when I said to make whole, means you have to get rid of all of the institutions and everything that put all of the racism in place. Mm-hmm. Example, okay, let's just say they're going to give everybody black a million dollars. Okay, we get out, everybody get a million dollars. Okay, uh, the police still going to be busting your skull, shoot you in, in uh, shooting 13-year-olds like they just did. I mean, you see what I'm saying? I know. Money just for money's sake is not what we're talking about. It's, like I said, to repair and make whole. You have to right. change things and change situation so people can uh build themselves you All know right. what i mean i do so Let me find- uh, as long as uh there's inequity in in uh payments in in your income mm-hmm. you know the average white uh household i think it's a hundred and some thousand dollars and black folks is 17 Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Until I though whatever created that yeah. is gone, it doesn't matter. Let me throw this off. It's a clip off of what we just heard. So listen to what folks are going to get for for their reparations. Just, just a little piece of the clip. The city already approved $10 million over a decade to put towards reparations from the pot revenue. Now 400000 will be available to blacks whose families were impacted by the racist housing policy. So out in Evanston... Every one of those black families is going to get $400,000. Ain't that all right? Okay. What do you, what do you say to that? Uh, to you, out of that, they, uh, they're going to well, 400000 over 10 years, yeah. and then it, didn't she say or he say it was only 20 families that were going to get it? Well, I, I don't remember so. some t- 20 families, but they got $10 million. They're going to put it uh, out, uh, and everybody's going to get $400,000 apiece. 
Is that right. white folks are going to say, ain't that reparations enough? No, because it didn't why? repair anything. And you see where he said it's going to be money to fix your house. Yeah, and like exactly. You can go buy you some weed with it like if it's coming from weed. <laughs> right. It's coming from the pot. I didn't know whether he's talking about the pot of money or the, pot of, the sale of weed. Right, you know? I'm sure it's Sheesh. pot. The real, the pot you smoke. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's nothing. Like I said, that's 20 families. That's the yeah. $10 million. And then over 10 years, wow. uh, come on. Yeah. All right. So still didn't repair Okay, anything. so let me throw this at you. And that's the young man mm-hmm. who's saying these are not reparations. Listen to him. What this plan is, is not reparations. Sebastian Knowles organized the Everson Rejects Racist Reparations Group. It supports reparations, yet the organization claims what the money can be used for places huge limitations. Residents are unable to use their funds for anything other than housing. Currently, less than 20 people will be eligible for the estimated $25,000. The money payments go towards home repairs, down payments, or mortgages. Everson rejects racist reparations, says there's no accountability for the next phase. You can't take a step forward without knowing what the second step is. And and we don't know what the second step is. Housing is just the first step. Housing is just... The first step. How many steps you got to take, T? Uh, the steps, like what I said, until yeah. everything changes, you know, that's where Northwestern is. Yeah. And it's still lily white. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, that's just, to me, that's probably some real estate company uh, influenced them to do that so they can make some money. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like to me. You're not, if all I'm getting is some money to fix my house. That's fixing my house. That's yeah. not reparations. That's yeah. just a, a grant yeah. program, if you ask me. Well, I, I want to see what your angle on this this whole deal is, because we're talking reparations. White folks will say, well, OK, I can't give you that money because it's just for your house and that's not enough. When will it ever be enough? Because in my opinion, the white man's opinion, the caucasoid view, whatever you call it, <laughs> caucanicity or whatever it was a little bit earlier, People are going to say it'll never stop. And if it'll never stop, why would you start it up? Yes, it will stop. And well, if white folks don't never stop, mm-hmm. I guess it won't. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the caucasity of it caucasity, all. Caucasity, that was it. If you continue to be racist, then no, it'll yeah. never stop. But the bottom line is, like I said, repair and make whole. You have to get rid of institutions mm-hmm. and people know what they are and mm-hmm. they participate in them. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that have uh, to change. When we get to what King said about uh, the content of your character, uh, that's what's going to show when uh, people will be able to work and get rid of these racist uh, institutions yep. and change. And that's going to be why people will have to uh, give up a lot of power, and they're not not willing to do that. Well, then, does that mean that me, being a fan of Chubby Checker so many years ago when he came up with the song <laughs> Pony Time and I started my first pony line at school, I can never dance the pony again because that's racist on my part? No. Okay. You know, you can go on, move it, baby. We don't <laughs> have no problem with that. <laughs> I love you, T. We always get down. You know what I'm saying? I do know that. All right. Uh, I love you, kid. That's a good enlightenment you put on, on us right over there. That's why she's oh, smart, Sister T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if somebody wants to check you out, you got a fantastic 
And let me tell you, the language is, is strong, but it is the language of the modern day when Sister, Smart Sister T puts it out there. But what's the uh, Facebook page? Uh, my Facebook is Smart Sister, mm-hmm. same spelling. Uh, my Twitter, my Instagram, all mm-hmm. of them, Smart Sister. There you go. And you then need. it's uh, Smart Sister Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, YouTube slash yeah. Smart Sister Show. It is something. Um, to find me there. And uh, please subscribe and yeah. share. I had some uh, white friends of mine say, you know, she's pretty radical, the things she's saying. I said, hey, go look at her Facebook page. (laughs) Look at some of the videos she's putting up. And the thing about it is, as quote-unquote radical as they may be, from your angle, from your perspective, from your knowledge Mm -hmm. of your community's history – you're right on the money with that in that in that aspect of the whole thing. Yeah, well, thank you. And now uh-huh. I'm saying to people, walk a mile in our shoes. You know, how do you think it feels to go to war and be soldiers in for the United States, and they mm-hmm. drop mustard gas on on black men to see what effect it would have, yeah, and then they got lynched in their uniforms coming mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand what is it about uh, people that. We're supposed to swallow so much and take it, and then, you know, the caucasity does not even want to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. You know, you get mad when somebody tells you to wear a mask. So I, I've been telling a lot of people to go watch the show Them yeah, yeah. on Prime, you told me. You told me. and I'm telling you. The show you is see them. what I mean. Them. All right, well, if you would, you would want me to walk a mile in your shoes, can I invite you to dance a mile in my pony line? Oh. You know, I will throw down. <laughs> One, two, cha, cha, cha. It's <laughs> <laughs> smart. Sister T. Right <laughs> I love you, kid. I talked to you down the line. That's All the way right, we do honey, it. That's the way we do it. We call it Experience Black. You know, I love, I love the Gulf Shores restaurant and grill. But when I'm going Italiano, pasta house right there. Woo! I love pasta house. Pasta house salad like no other. Hey, but uh, I just want to let you know, if you got a project that you're building, all the materials, everything you need, all the expertise available to you over there at Fisher Lumber, F-I-S-C-H-E-R, Lumber, Fisher Lumber.com over in East Alton. Been there 80 years. I now send you to another Fisher of men. F-I-S-C-H-E-R. That's Gerard Fisher. I call him G-Force. Now you're building a project and using everything that you can get all the good stuff at Fisher Lumber. You might need to insure that thing. And Gerard Fisher, no relation to the Fisher Lumber family. Gerard Fisher has got you covered on the insurance. Any kind of insurance. It's that American Family Insurance. Gerard Fisher. Fisher Family. FisherLumber.com. GerardFisher.com for all your insurance needs. 
every day at the studio, the man arrives, standing six foot one, weighing... Oh, hell no! Five, cranking out the jams and running his route. Everybody knew he didn't play no crap. The smash, the smash, big bad smash. Smash, smash, digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, smash, dig the smash. Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash. Smash, I'm just looking right here at my notes. I only got about five minutes left here. 1964, on this date, April 15th, after a long day of filming their first movie, Ringo Starr tells the other members of the Beatles that it is been, as far as the day long, it's been a hard day's night, he calls it, all the work. A hard day's night. John Lennon says, hmm, daddy likey. Hard day's night turns the phrase into a song, and the movie title is thus, it was changed. It was originally going to be called Beatlemania. Because that's really what the movie's about, Beatlemania. But it was changed on the state, 1964, to this right here. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a log. But when I get home to you, I find the things that you do. Go, the Beatles, Hard Day's Night, was born on this particular day, 1964. 
Hey, hey, hey. I am G-O-H-N gone, but I'll catch you on the tomorrow. Smash, dig the smash, smash, smash. I'm digging the smash, smash, smash. Well, that is it. You've been digging the smash, smash daily style for as long as you was able to tune in today. Performance time, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 o'clock, right here on WBGZ 107.1 FM. The Big Z. So until the next time, I am G-O-H-N gone. So gone. I was not even here. So have yourself a good one, no matter what that one happens to be.